Podcasting from their headquarters on the East Coast, there are assembled the world's four greatest nerds, opinionated on the best and worst of pop culture. Stan Gadurski, Ryan Marlowe, Chris Sampson, Andy Carasquillo. Their mission, to talk about video games, comics, anime, movies, and everything else, to complain about that which is wrong and annoying, and to serve all pod kind. They are the Super Nerd Pals. What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. It's Super Nerd Pals episode 108. I'm Stan Gadurski. I'm Chris Sampson. And Zach Street's back. What's Woo! up, Zach? The Zach returns. Right. This is your fifth or sixth appearance on the show, I think. I think it might be only my fourth, but uh, I'm not sure. Don't quote so me. Many epi- so many, so many, just so Recurring many. Recurring guest character. Eternal not friend. joining us this week. Is Ryan and Andy who had to work today? Boo. Oh, boo! Boo! One of me is worth two of them. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> one Just day, love you <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> Zach, one day we're gonna have the complete roster. One day, at the same time as you, like one, it'll happen hey, eventually. We'll have all four of you and me and Kevin. Yes, this this makes. <laughs> <laughs> So Maybe many do friends. one of those special recordings that you guys are always talking about, like a, a riff track or a redub or something. Oh, Zach, we're, we're just going to pull into our D&D campaign. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we're, I was just saying well, that we're like, just drag him into the campaign as like... I say, I'm like, you guys have never played before, but I've always been interested. So, hey, you know, never know. Mm. Like a bonus character. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Zach, how is life? It's been quite a while since you last came on. Um, it was still 2016 then, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a terrible year. <laughs> but uh, no, it still, still is. Fine. <laughs> Touche. Every year. Every year. No, uh, things are good. Things are fine. My daughter is doing a lot of growing, and she's always impressing us, and that's really fun. And I'm playing lots of games, and I'm writing at PSU. And I'm going to E3 this year for the first time. So so jealous, so jealous. That's crazy. (laughs) You guys need to go. Uh, I unfortunately, I was, I was so gung ho. Like, uh, I I got in line. I was like an hour early, and then I got my spot in line, and I was ready. And then I rechecked my calendar, and I found out I'm gonna be working at the Origins Game Fair. The same. Well, the the Origins Game Fair is gonna be five a uh, five day convention and it it was it fell right over e three and I was so mad and sad um yeah so, but at the same time your your job sounds really cool it is yeah it's really cool a lot of conventions for it so it kind of makes up for it this is true but um I don't know I I really I you really still go to E3. I, it was like it's like the first time it's public and it's like ah oh! um uh, and it would have would have been so good just if like one or all of us could have represented team yeah. SMP but there's always next year and indirectly indirectly you know you're, you're the front you're an eternal friend of the show and you're going so it's like we're going so and you're gonna be on the show <laughs> there you go yeah living vicariously he's mm-hmm. like an honorary 
nerd pal. We're going to send you a jacket in the mail one, one day. Oh, oh so <laughs> beautiful. It. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. But, and Zach, like, how, how are you feeling about going to E3? Because you've never been before, have you? No, never. Uh, simultaneously, super, super hyped and super, super nervous because A, I've never gone to it before and B, I've never covered it. Like, I've covered it from home watching the streams and writing news about it, but I've never been on the floor playing the games and watching the trailers for the first time with the people in the live audience and stuff. And that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, according to the rest of the guys at PSU, usually there's two to five of them that go every year, uh, various members of the staff. But this year, for whatever reason, nobody is able to go except me. What? (laughs) So all the people that have got like the PR relationships and the ones that have been with the site for five to ten years and all these ones getting married ones moved to japan ones just not able to go because of funds so it's just i'm gonna have no uh (laughs) mentorship i'm gonna have no support i mean there'll be the home team you know helping out and people setting up appointments for me and stuff Mm. but uh it's a bit intimidating in that regard but it should still be really fun so Yeah, so you're you're just diving I'm more diving excited the deep end. than anything else. That's yeah, great. yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations, and we're we're gonna keep a wary eye on you, and and we're gonna bring you on either Sounds before great. or after E3. We're just we're just gonna talk shop. It's gonna be great. Perfect, indeed. Um, so Stan, there's another big event going on right now. What is it? Star Wars Celebration. I don't remember the number. But, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like Star Wars Celebration. What are they up to? Like, fucking 10 at this point? I want to say it's Star Wars Celebration 16. I think it's like 16. I don't know. I could be wrong. We should look this up. I don't know if it's 6. That sounds real high. I'll be honest. I've never even heard of Star Wars Celebration, so I have no idea what it would be up to. But then I'm probably a terrible point of reference for star wars anything so they might have just dropped the numbers at this point because i just see star wars celebration 2017 yeah but it's going on in orlando florida i think in years passes it was in um anaheim california uh but yeah it's a uh, there's uh, there's so many star wars going on right now so okay. many star wars lots of news lots of lots of real good Good news coming out of there. Mm. Um, and work our way down. We'll go home. Do it. Let's do it. Star Wars: The Last Jedi trailer drop. I don't know if anyone cares about that. Oh, that <laughs> teaser! Indie movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so many things that are great. About, like, like for like before we go, go dive into the trailer, let's take a minute to admire that sweet movie poster. Like, oh man, that oh, poster. That- Amazing. I'm pretty ambivalent about Star Wars as a whole, but that star- that poster looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. Just harkening back to uh, the original New Hope poster, but like but yeah. everything, everything is red, so everything looks like super dark. And I- I'm afraid, I'm afraid for our Jedi friends because what's going to happen? And, and it's um, you got, you got. I've never seen Luke like look so angry. As he is in the poster, he's just frowning, and he's like, he had like a bad day, didn't get have his cup of coffee, and and then Kylo Ren's on the he's, other side. He hates Mondays. <laughs> he's he's punished Venom Skywalker at this point. Oh, so he good. Just, he's gonna be riding on the horseback through like 
Tatooine or something. Yeah. And then Ray's fighting for the user. She's going to be uploading the Tron and fighting with the lightsaber. And <laughs> in the wait, wait, wait. When did this become Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> it's all Disney. That's, that's the topic for later. We're not there yet. Kylo Ren's going to team up with, with Scar. Oh. He's going to ride on the back of Scar. They're just going to like go to town. <laughs> oh, man. Going back, bringing bringing back an old gem, Kingdom Heats. You just have Scar yeah, yeah. pulling a Scarface, <laughs> just doing a, doing a mountain of cocaine, and then Kylo Ren's his lieutenant, and he shoots Scar in the back and takes over. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't think of Scar as Scarface earlier. That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but we're getting off track. Kingdom Hearts, like, right. like yes, Star <laughs> takes over Zootopia, <laughs> <laughs> Crime Boss just like takes up all of Zootopia. Uh, so the Last Jedi, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the poster is it's amazing, and the trailer. Well, it's not even a trailer; it's like a teaser. I mean, like, it's, it was a long teaser. It was two minutes long. It could have. You know, know, I remember when teasers were like, "Here's a big, like, dramatic word, and some music, and then the title card," and that was a teaser. That was enough to get you hyped. And now there's the Thor trailer that's or teaser that's a minute and a half long. The Star Wars teaser that's two minutes long. Yeah, love it. It's so These good. Are great teasers. And I, I just love like one, like the the definitional length of a teaser's changing but i love how in general uh trailers and teasers are getting their own like event like you see social media like hey one week until the teaser hey two days who's hyped and it's only like a minute or two or of like footage and they're treating it like a giant super bowl event it's I, i love it it's so good even though the last Jedi teaser wasn't that long, I if it showed off a lot more in terms of plot than the first, you know, Force Awakens teaser. But I guess it makes sense since we know what the fuck the general plot line is going to be. And they know all these new characters now. Yeah, so they're just giving us. I'm surprised they had Luke speak in the trailer. I was to not. Be honest. I was really. I was caught really off guard. It's like Mark Hamill actually speaking in a Star Wars movie. For, I was like, this is yeah, great. I, and, thought, <laughs> I thought they were gonna make us wait for the actual movie, or at least like a longer form trailer. I didn't think they were gonna give it to us already, but I'm okay with it. We knew he can speak. We know. We know that. So it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for like Disney was like, wait, Mar- Mark Hamill. He's a voice actor. He has an incredible voice. Why are we using it? Let's do it. And then I was like, oh, it's so good. And like, oh, we should break it down. Just like Ray, Ray's training with with Luke, and like that, that's how like the trailer opens up. Uh, it, it like it like fades in uh, onto this giant rock, and then Ray just collapses on the ground, and then we just hit the ground running. Um, it's really dark, and I love it. It's like it, like, it should be. That's it should be dark. Like, like Luke talking about how the Jedi should end, and I don't think I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's talking about like, well, a theory that I've, I've been talking about and hearing about a lot is like, is maybe Luke's gonna train Rey to become like what's it called, a great Jedi who is like an equal balance of like Jedi and Sith dogma, not leading to either one side, but being like the true balance, uh, in terms of the Force. But I'm just talking out of my, my, yeah. What's that? I, uh, true neutral. 
Yeah, true neutral in D and D alignment. Well, they're not. They're not. You're not off base with that theory because uh, they even they talk about balance in the in the teaser. You know, like oh, what do you see, Ray? And she sees both sides, and I think that's an interesting way to take it. And every time the Jedi try to come around, they fuck shit up, and they all they all die anyway. Like how many times? How many times have all the Jedi died over and over again, and like let all the bad shit happen? Yeah, Jedi. The Jedi don't really don't have a good track record. I mean, you know, they don't. They really yeah. don't. They mean well most of the time. But Luke is probably over it. He's just like, you know what? All this politics and bullshit. Let's just let's just burn the universe down and rebuild. <laughs> burn this mother down. <laughs> so is this Tyler Tyler Durden Luke Skywalker? I just <laughs> we go back to a simpler time. You know, we don't need politics. Blows it up. Man. Don't label me, man. I'm not a Jedi. <laughs> Or so. <laughs> just me. Just me. I'm just Luke. Uh, and then, like, Captain Phasma. Like, we saw a brief second of her. Uh, she was, like, marching out with some troopers. And that was one of the complaints I had about Force Awakens. Um, not enough Phasma, but I feel like she'll have a more prominent role. And I'm really excited about that. You have um, Prince Prince Charming Poe running to, to kiss Sleeping Beauty. Uh, are you guys Parks and Rec fans? Yes, I love Parks and Rec. Uh, wife and I have just been watching it for the first time in the last couple months, and I saw someone uh, on Twitter post a picture they drew of Ray, Finn, and Poe, and it was Ray gesturing to the other two saying, this is my boyfriend Finn, and this is his boyfriend Poe. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. That's I'm awesome. I'm glad I'd been watching Parks and Rec so I could understand the joke. That's pretty great. <laughs> Well played, well played. But I'm um, excited. I hope. I hope we all. I hope we all live to see the movie. That's my. <laughs> that's my wish. Yeah. Well, I'm in New Zealand, so it's okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. We're totally not going to get blown up from all the way over there, right? No. No. I mean. Uh, we, Cut this we just, out of the podcast. Moving on. <laughs> we got, <laughs> well, I got so dark. <laughs> What was that you just said about all this politics, man? Nah, nah. nah. Let's just not do that. <laughs> Stan, no, we're, we're gonna live. We're, we're gonna live for for the next fifty years, and it's gonna be episode twenty, and 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 we're gonna be telling our great grandkids. Yeah, I remember when you know episode one came out, and we 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 it was uh, terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And now uh, you guys have a good, so good with episode twenty. We phase fifteen of the Marvel universe. Oh, that I mean, that's that's how Disney is playing With the it. The fourth reboot of Spider Man, and still no Miles Morales. Still no, yeah, yeah. But may, maybe I don't know. Maybe by then, you know, Fox and Marvel will, you know, make like, you know, actually stop fighting and allow for like X Men versus Avengers or um, something. I don't know. I, I sorry, I keep derailing Star Wars into Marvel. I apologize. <laughs> sorry, we're good. Just happens. Uh, we're good. All right, well, uh, let's, let's speed through this, uh, the rest of the Star Wars stuff so we can we can talk about Marvel because Battlefront <laughs> Two, Battlefront Two part the second Battlefront Two mm-hmm. that because <laughs> <laughs> because Front nobody two, knows how to part. name anything anymore. The second Battlefront Two got a trailer also. And some news came out of that. Um, we're going to have not just the classic trilogy represented, but prequels and the sequels. So they're going through all eras um, for this one. And it finally has a campaign. 
Yeah, the cam- the campaign is going to follow um, the Empire following, like, you're going to play uh, part of the Empire following Return of the Jedi, I believe, and it's going to bridge into um, Force Awakens. So you're playing, you're playing from the, from the Imperial perspective, basically, um, which, uh, interesting enough, the first Battlefield to, uh, Battlefront 2 had you playing um, a member of the 501st, Vader's personal stormtroopers, um, and bridging between the prequels and the original trilogy. So you play you play it as a clone trooper, and then you went, and you became a member of the Five O First, and then you were like shooting innocent civilians because <laughs> that's that's what the Empire does. Um, Makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, it, it'll be released uh, November seventeenth of this year, uh, and there's going to be plenty of tie-ins, which is which is not to be expected. The the campaign is also canon to the Star Wars uh, storyline, so that's pretty interesting. I mean, we had plenty of uh, stuff from the perspective of the rebels following uh, Jedi, like all that stuff right before the Force Awakens came out, all those tie-in comics and novels and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see the villains basically trying to survive past the end of Jedi after everything's like been destroyed by the rebels. So that, that should be an interesting. Like finally, a game that's worth the sixty dollars, unlike the first Battlefront. Which was the the second first battlefront? I'm sorry. Uh, they they've had a lot of constructive criticism and to reflect on. So uh, this generally looks like a step in the right direction. Yeah, like last year was basically uh, was it last year? Was I think it was last. Uh, maybe it was two years ago. Was it really that long ago? Wow. I think so. Yeah, we beta we we all beta tested Battlefront for for EA. So pretty much. I'm happy we're gonna get a, uh, an actual complete game this time around. Um, and the final piece of news that I have is that Marvel uh, revealed that they're doing a Captain Fa- Sorry, I can't speak anymore. A Captain Phasma miniseries. Um, before issues, I think it's gonna bridge the gap between Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and it's gonna be all about Captain Phasma. I've been, I've been wanting a Captain Phasma. Uh, comic book for a while and I thought they would have done done it sooner but I'm glad they're doing it at all even though it's a mini looking forward to it hopefully this is a good um, example of maybe Phasma having a bigger role in The Last Jedi yeah so, so like so. like it's it's weird because you know when well, leading up to Force Awakens everyone thought like Phasma's gonna be like the big bad she's gonna be so iconic and what happened is like Traitor Traitor became like the like the the Boba Fett of that movie and like Phasma didn't really have a lot of screen time I mean like she was awesome and like I love she definitely was office yeah awesome yeah and Gwendolyn Christie she's an amazing actress and but I felt like she didn't have enough time to shine especially how talented Christie is and I felt like after the end of Force Awakens, I don't, I did, I still didn't really know a lot about Phasma. So it's, I think it'd be really interesting to f- figure out or to to see what happens in between and actually, maybe I, I don't know. We haven't seen her without her mask yet either. So I, I would, I just want to learn more because we just know so little about Phasma. You know what I would like to see from Phasma's character. Um, because she got so unceremoniously dumped, like in the trash or yeah, whatever. Yeah, by, quite by literally. Finn. 
Um, I want to see her like get really uh, pissed off about it and maybe even go rogue from the uh, first order because like she has Finn in her sights and she like really wants to kill him because of like the indignity uh, that she suffered. And so it'd be cool if like she was like, oh, no, he he uh, disobeyed all my orders and he put me in the garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm killing. And, and I don't care what anybody says on, on either side. And she just goes completely rogue. Maybe becomes a mercenary or a bounty hunter and goes after him. And then becomes like becomes like the Vegeta character. And then ends up becoming a hero. Gwendolyn Christie as Fat the Phasma goes John Wick on on, on Finn. <laughs> That'd be cool. It was like, oh, we got we have the first order to deal with, but we also have like this unhinged like <laughs> like murderer in like chrome armor coming after <laughs> just Finn specifically. Like she doesn't care about anybody else. Like you got my chrome armor dirty and we'll fucking cut you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see like like um Phasma infiltrates uh whatever medical treatment facility Finn is on and Finn's still in a coma, but then like I don't know, maybe Ray feels a disturbance in the fort. I don't know. Maybe someone, someone like like uh, reawakens Finn, and then it just becomes this epic across the galaxy chase and hit uh, chase scene between Phasma and Finn. It's a cat and mouse game. Oh, that'd be so cool. So Disney, if you're listening to this, should should uh, <laughs> yeah. credit credit That's- us, please. But yeah, uh, th- th- uh, is there a particular release date for the tie-in comic? Well, I just closed the link, so I don't know. No! <laughs> I was like, we're done. Uh, Makes sense. Let me let me see if I can bring it back up. I don't think it says, but it's bridging. It's going to bridge the two movies, so I'm assuming it's going to come out right before Last Jedi. Excellent. All right. So is that it for Star Wars news? Yeah, that's, it. that's all I got. All right. So, Zach, finally, we, we can unhinge... <laughs> and so let's talk about all the exciting Marvel stuff that's going on. This was a little bit dated, but we had uh, the second trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming, which looks so, so dope. And um, but I, I, my one crit- criticism about the trailer, I felt like it spoiled the entire movie. A lot of people have said that and they've given Marvel a bunch of crap for it, but I feel like that's happened before. I can't, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember what movie or movies that have done that before, but I know it's happened before, and people have been like, I just watched the whole movie in two minutes, but then the movie comes out, and there's so much more. I mean, obviously there's filling in the gaps between what happens in the trailer, but, I mean, I don't know, I feel like they're showing you obvious things. Obviously, Peter's going to overcome some obstacle. Obviously, he's going to build a relationship with Tony. Obviously, he's going to fight the Vulture and have go from having an old outfit to a new outfit. Obviously, there's going to be a hot Aunt May. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like They're showing you all the things that you probably already know. Yeah. So, I think there's still plenty to be shown and plenty to be seen and plenty of reason to go see it. I really don't think we're anywhere close to seeing the whole movie just with that. Yeah, I don't. Know I don't think the, of it as the abridged film. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on in that plot anyway. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't. Like, from what I can tell, if I was to say that that was the whole movie, then that's basically like Tony drove Peter home from school <laughs> one day and was and was real real right. mad about him, and then Peter decided to get on the ferry to go to Jersey 
for the Cheesecake Factory, I guess. But then the vulture attacked it <laughs> because because he smelled Tony on his body, and he was like, "I'm a nasty bird man." And then <laughs> this is my superpower. <laughs> Sounds about I right. Blow up boats. That's the only thing I do. I'm the vulture. Wow, I'm my- the nasty vulture boy. See, and then, <laughs> and then they fight, and then he gets away. I have heard that. Uh, the, uh, I think it was rumored a while ago that they were going to do a Marvel TV show of Damage Control. Yeah. And they have been teased in that uh, trailer. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bit where there's a news broadcast happening and across the bottom, like, the ticker, it had something about Damage Control on scene. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that should were... be interesting to see if they actually spin that off into a show or if it's just going to be a another kind of S.H.I.E.L.D.-like presence that's throughout the MCU. Or mm-hmm. so That should be interesting. Yeah, and tying uh tying into the damage control, um IP, um from what news outlets have been saying, that's that's gonna be like Vulture's main beef with Iron Man, cause like what they established so far, the Vulture, uh he's basically like a scrap collector of so he's collecting like technology from all the other crazy MCU events like the invade like the Shatari invasion and I don't know maybe he maybe he salvaged stuff from like Hammer Tech. Uh, like yeah, maybe yeah, but yeah. So like the vulture is he's a guy who collects all these crazy te- technology and weapons and repurposes it and refits it, and I, I I find that really interesting. And Michael Keaton, like him and his second coming from like Birdman to Vulture Man, he lived and, long enough to see himself become the villain. Yeah, and and like he he looks awesome. And wow, Michael Keaton, <laughs> I'm the vulture. <laughs> I, oh, man, I'm Mike Keaton. Do you want to go on a date? Stan, is this part of the ongoing canon where, where Vulture Man and Tiamat team up? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Straight up, no. Stan, no. why? Incorrect. Seriously, Stan, why aren't you a voice actor? This is This is, this is beautiful. I live Something Staten else. Island. I'm Michael Keaton. <laughs> I voted for Trump, and now I'm mad. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, not going there. Not going there. Uh, another thing about Spider-Man is <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to show you guys every scene. I'm sorry, Zach. I want to see every scene. Michael Keaton just go and then like feathers just fly <laughs> off his, his body. <laughs> It's so stupid. Uh, I love even it. Just once, not every scene. Just once would make it. I used to be Batman. Blooper <laughs> <laughs> reel. Uh, mm. Anyway, Zach, you were saying. Well, oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Worth it for laugh. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard the interesting and potentially worrying news from sony regarding spider-man stuff like how oh, venom. on one hand it's it's neat that there will be like a venom exclusive movie and other antagonist movies but then they won't tie into the new spider-man stuff in the mcu which seems strange like if you're gonna let spider-man be in the mcu and you've struck this deal to me it would make sense to let that play out and if you're only gonna let him be in like three movies or something like spider-man avengers and spider-man 2 plus civil war then you know let him play those out call that the end of that chapter and then start up something else instead of trying to run something that's in the spider-man universe concurrently with spider-man in the avengers it just seems like it's going to be so weird and unnecessary 
right now. And I think it's just very confusing, like, continuity-wise. I think for most people who deeply follow the movies, you know, I think they'll have a enough grasp on it but then at the same time it's like for other people who may not be as familiar yeah. or don't keep up with it it's like well okay so i know that venom is one of peter's greatest enemies but it's not related to the new movies so do i need to watch spider-man homecoming to to be able to understand yeah. what's going on in venom and then venom over here is just like oh, i'm gonna be like the solo sci-fi horror movie which i which totally i think it's really great but like why why remove it from the continuity yeah, you built up already it seems like a waste it sounds like the premise the uh horror thriller side of it sounds awesome like that sounds like a really cool idea and you don't have enough bad guy movies so especially bad guy superhero movies so i think that's a really great idea but surely if there's a venom centric movie spider-man's gonna pop up in a scene or two or peter parker is gonna show up so what are they gonna do are they gonna have tom holland or are they going to recast to have Spider-Man for the Sony Spider-Man universe as opposed to the Marvel universe? Or if they if they cast a fourth Spider-Man in the span of 15, 20 years, oh, come on. That's a bit ridiculous. So, I, I don't know. It just, I think what weird. they do is if they're going to not, if they're going to try and separate the continuity between Spider-Man and Venom, which is really ridiculous if you think about it because Venom is a byproduct of spider-man you know yeah he, he got it he got the suit on on battle world or whatever um brought it back for like the first secret wars um yeah on, the yeah, original crossover. secret wars but i mean if, if they want to circumvent that they can have it be flash thompson mm-hmm. and i know flash thompson was the venom after eddie brock but they can just rewrite it and make it so that he was the first and he went to space and he found he found the Venom symbiote on his own, and he, the tie-in is that he used to go to high school with Peter Parker, but you don't hear about it because they're completely different people these days. Like they don't have any connection. Sure, he brings it back himself, and you can also do after you do the horror stuff, you can do a cool Guardians of the Galaxy, the Venom Space Knight shit if you want. And the, the, um, that's true. Yeah, the the and, the space galactic Venom stuff is just really good and really out there, and like it, and, and that would it'll be perfect. And then you can you can always if so if Sony wants to get real dirty they can they can loan him out to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, and that's and, been a thing. Like uh, Rocket Raccoon had the symbiote suit for a while. Um, what? Yeah. See, I'm not a big comic reader, so a lot of this is new to me, and that's awesome. Yeah, there's just um, I forget I forget what which ongoing series it was. I don't know if it was like uh, Rocket Raccoons and Groots ongoing, or if it was like GOTG. Uh, under Dan Abnett, but um, but yeah, for a while, Rocket Raccoon got the Simmons suit, and he, that's amazing. And he has one of his guns that's like integrated with his arm, and it's all like black and venom like, and it shoots like crazy stuff out of it, and it's just so messed up. And and then amazing. and then after after all that, after people get tired of of Venom, be like, oh, guess what? Eddie Brock's got the suit now. He's gonna be fighting Spider Man, and then Spider Man gets the suit first and then eddie brock gets it and then you can do that it is a wicked toby mcguire emo dance oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I, I i think for tone for the tone like the sci-fi horror movie i think it's just perfect and i kind of th- i kind of think there's already like a, a perfect setup for the to model uh, origins venom movie which is life that movie that just came out maybe like a couple weeks ago or a month ago with with uh jake right. gyllenhaal and uh ryan reynolds, ryan reynolds like yeah it's basically like an alien life forms and they're stuck on a space station and you just switch that alien life form with 
Venom, and then Flash Thompson just happens to be on that space station, and you know he somehow becomes some somehow contracts the Venom suit. As and long then, as it's not Eddie Brock, because Eddie Brock only should be around in presence of Peter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and also, it doesn't make any sense for Eddie Brock to be a spaceman. Yeah, that's like, all. That's, a, that's, that's all. Flash. That's Thompson. a bridge too far mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just we'll, we'll just have to wait and see if Venom. Sure. Is that is it anything worthwhile? Mm-hmm. Is that the? Um, is that you guys the? Want to talk about? Oh yeah, let's talk about Thor. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about talk about Ragnarok. One hundred percent. First of all, I told everybody that Thor was great. Nobody listened. Oh, everyone's like, let's all shit on on the Thor movies. I love those Thor movies. Five, high five. Yo, high fives everywhere. Thor is great. The The thing is with Thor is that I actually didn't like Thor at all as a character until I saw the movie. And I held yeah. off on seeing the movie all the way up until right before the Avengers, the first yeah. Avengers came to theaters. And I was like, I got to watch all the MCU movies. Well, sure. we finally watched Thor and I watched Thor and I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then right? I became a big Thor fan. And now and I liked I liked the Dark World. I didn't I didn't I didn't think it was that bad. I, I think the hate was unjustified. I love the chemistry and like like. Tom, Tom Hiddleston is always killing it, and like epic cliffhanger in the end, where like where the hell is Anthony Hopkins? Like what happened? And I, I think it, I think I don't know. I think it, it was a really, really good movie. And I, I mean, in terms of the overall continuity of like or like rankings of the of the Marvel movies, um, That's there's one. movies. Yeah, there there are other movies I like more than Dark World, but like yeah, I still sure. really enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah. I like the yeah, so. The Thor movies are criminally underrated. I agree. I see and understand some of the complaints, like Christopher Eccleston as uh, Malekith was a bit underutilized. Like they could have done a bit more with him. And in the first one, like having the setting in a barren desert ca- community where there's like nothing happening. I don't know. Just I can see where it's not as impressive a set piece as New York City getting blown up or. Whatever, but at the same time, you don't need every movie to have the same formula, like big city explosions. I think it's yeah. nice to have a different setting like that. Sure, it helps with the budget, and that's convenient, but it still works. It's a different setting, and that's necessary, I think. Um, reasons why I think Thor Ragnarok has sounded like a great idea since the beginning, taking into account that I've never read the comics and am not super familiar with the Ragnarok storyline. A. Taika Waititi as a director. Because I live in New Zealand, I've in the last few years I've become quite familiar with his work and watched the last few of his movies he's done, Boy, What We Do in the Shadows, and Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, to put it in perspective, when he made Boy in 2010 or 2011, that became the most, uh, like, it broke records for cinema sales in New Zealand. Like, it became the highest selling movie in cinemas ever in New Zealand. And then Hunt for the Wilder People just last year did that again. So this guy's got a good track record with making movies that resonate with audiences, at least in New Zealand. Those two probably did really well here, especially because they're New Zealand-centric, like there's a lot of Kiwiisms and stuff. But he's got such a great mesh of humor and poignancy. Like he's very he's his movies are such a good blend of really touching emotional moments with a friggin' hilarious laugh out line lied 
line right afterward, and it works well. It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel shoehorned. It doesn't feel awkward. It's all so well done. So people say, because it's oh, a buddy movie with Thor and Hulk, and it's going to be really funny, but Ragnarok's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be doom and gloom. Yeah, but he can do that and have it be funny and make it work. I have 100% full confidence in this guy. And like, I think humor was something that put, like, well, the, the, okay, well, let me backtrack it. The Thor movies, they've, they've always had humorous moments, like, you know, like the classic scene in the, the first one where he drinks a beer and it's like, oh, I have another uh, one. And he coffee. smashes it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and smashes on the floor. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I, and like, and, um, Chris Hemworth is just, he's just so charismatic. And I feel like under this new director, and you could de- definitely see in the teaser, they're, fully exploiting and and um, and capitalizing on that and it just seems it just seems like a super fun movie in like the same way like Guardians of the Galaxy was really fun and yeah, they're they're yeah, just definitely. running they're just running with it and like there there's like so many laugh at it space adventure exactly and um like just just like how that trailer ended where like, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like Hulk shows up, and Chris is or Thor's like, yes, he's at work, buddy, and oh, it's just, it's gotcha. so funny. Oh man, um, you know, I I wasn't really keeping up with Thor news, but after watching this trailer, I'm like most excited for Thor three more than any other MCU movie at the moment. Yeah, that'll that'll segue into my second point why I think it's going to be good because after at the end of Age of Ultron. When everyone's going their separate ways, and you know Thor's like, "Oh, I've, I need to figure out why the Infinity Stones are all being gathered. Who's gathering them? What's going on here?" And he goes away. That was the one thread that I wanted to follow the most. Yeah, okay, Civil War was coming up, and that was going to be cool. And oh, Spider-Man's going to be in the MCU, and there's oh, Captain Marvel's coming. There's so much stuff happening. But after Age of Ultron happened, and everyone went their separate ways, I really wanted to know what was happening with Thor. So first is Taika Waititi, second is just his storyline. I think that's the most interesting, mm-hmm. possibly because it's going to tie a lot together and hype you up for Infinity War, because James Gunn has said that, uh, I mean, he could obviously be lying, but he said that there's going to be very little direct connections to the rest of the MCU and Guardians 2. Like, it's going to be another Guardian story rather than, oh, uh, here's another Infinity Stone, which makes sense. Um, and then after that is spider-man and that doesn't really have the cosmic element to it it's going to be more grounded so it's going to be his personal struggles so before infinity war that leaves thor ragnarok and black panther and i'm sure black panther is going to have a bit to do with it too but thor is the best opportunity to get more thanos get more again cosmic stuff learn more about the infinity stones and push that forward and i'm really really excited to see how that goes yeah. Number three. I feel like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I got this thing. Oh, finish your, talk, finish, talk, no, 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 finish your, your bullet stuff. points. Let's see how, we'll talk is. about this one. We'll talk about this one, and then I'll go to three. All right. I was going to say that all of... What is this? Are we in phase two right now? Like, what, no, like, no, we're, we're in phase, phase three. Phase three. We're phase at the beginning three. of phase three, right? Yeah. Most of phase Ant-Man three has been like... Okay, most of phase three, everything like right before Civil War... Like, I feel like everything... After Age of Ultron, through all the way to where we are now, this has been like the Facebook drama phase where everyone's <laughs> just like so obsessed with their own petty bullshit 
that they yeah. there's no like focus on the greater like threat that's coming to them. They're all like, yeah, he doesn't like me anymore. I'm gonna fight him. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just all this bullshit and just and I feel like that might be why I, I haven't been like super like I like Civil War a lot, but I haven't been like incre- incredibly like invested as I was like up leading sure. up to Age of Ultron and yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for. I didn't even see Doctor Strange or anything. Oh, uh, Doctor Strange is so good. You haven't good. seen it yet. Oh uh, yeah, it's gonna be one of those well, things. I haven't comment on that, but we'll get there. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where I where I watch it and I'm like, oh man, why why did I wait so long? But we'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 ready for them to bring it all back again and like sure. focus on something that's like you know infinity war which i think we've all been waiting for since like the first of it <laughs> yeah, yeah um so number three more thor less jane i'm all for thor having a relationship um and from what i understand in the comics jane foster is really cool especially since you know she becomes thor but um in the movies she's been a bit lackluster and mostly uh a bit of a drama queen i think i don't know like i think there's more that they can do with her to make her better, but with the drama involving Natalie Portman and the behind-the-scenes stuff with Thor 2 that she wasn't a fan of, I think it's probably good to have a step away from Jane and Darcy and like the side comic relief characters, if you will. Because need- there's still comic relief in Thor and in Loki, and, and so many of them have so many <clears throat> good opportunities to be funny without needing that support. Yeah, And I think it'll be more interesting to be more Asgard slash cosmic focused than heading back to Earth to have this lovey dovey moment. Mm-hmm. Plus, so, plus yeah. in my opinion, we we need to recast Jane Foster. <laughs> we need to have just a new one. Let's just get a new yeah. one. Um, let the Infinity Stones like accidentally erase her forever and like, create a create a new one. Um, because she doesn't. She, I, I don't see her as being Thor one day. I don't think Natalie Portman's ever going to want to be right. Thor one day. I, I agree. I agree. Thor. Uh, for me, for me, I I love Natalie Portman, but like I just I maybe it's just more of how the Marvel movies previously wrote her character that which I Sure. Like I I like Natalie Portman, I I think she could do action well. I think she'd pull it up, but like in the current in the current state of how her her character canon in the in the previous parts of the MCU, I don't see her becoming Jane Foster Thor. But I desperately want Jane Foster Thor. I I want. Do you know that. who? Do you know who I would cast as Jane Foster Thor? Who? Amelia Clark. Yeah. The yeah. mother of dragons. That that makes perfect sense. And if you put her, I could see next it. to Chris Hemsworth. They both look like <laughs> Thors. This is they yes. should, yeah. I can yeah. see. They look godly. Nice one. Yeah. Yes. Good choice. GG well played. I was worried you were going to say Ronda Rousey for a minute. <laughs> no. Amelia Clark. That's my choice. Good man. That's, yeah. Backed. Put it on Kickstarter. I'll back it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Um, I also, I, I rewatched Thor 1 recently. And again, good movie. But has one of my least favorite lines in any movie, MCU or otherwise, ever. And that's when the camera pans up close to uh, Jane and she's like, Oh my God. Like Becky, look at her butt. You know, it's just, it's such a poorly delivered line. And like you say, Chris, she's a good actress. I have seen her in so many roles that she's just great. in. But that was a terrible line 
didn't fit with the mood, was poorly delivered. I hate it so much, and I just always associate her with that line in the MCU. So I just I don't like it, and I'm happy that she's not in this movie. Yeah, I mean they I they, they they switched they switched the uh, actors for War Machine. Why not Jane Foster? Yeah, yeah, so, no. oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I didn't even Again. I didn't even remember that. So <laughs> Cheadle's a much better um... War Machine. Yeah, War Machine. Rody. Jim Jim Rody. Yeah. yeah, that's probably because he's a better actor. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? Also, I, I it was a big surprise for me as well. I did not realize Carl Urban is in this film, and I love yeah. Carl Urban. Oh, yeah. And he plays he plays Scourge, and in the one the one the one shot where you see him wielding like two like assault rifles. That's yeah, like yeah. That's like straight out of his final stand. And I like, oh my god. I, I think they're actually gonna do that because that was like, one of his crowning moments in the comics history where. He single-handedly holds off the entire forces of hell, like tr- trying to like buy time for like the rest of his allies. And oh, if they're gonna do that, oh, it's be so good. I'm so I'm so so happy. And Car Urban just and anything he does is is gold. So, um, pretty impressive cast they've got for the story movie. No, it's just Elba's back too as Hemdal or Hemdal, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is and he's 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 like. Uh, he's wielding a sword fighting. Or, or fighting. Oh, this cast is amazing. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Yo, Goldblum is just killing it with that makeup. My God. So fab. I love it. It's it's interesting because like, I think of him obviously with the makeup, he's uh, in the same ring with uh, Benicio Del Toro, the collector. But then like, he seems so mysterious and like, he talks very pointedly. And I don't know. Jeff Goldblum is just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he just, is Jeff Goldblum starring as Jeff Goldblum. Just, in just give us some space robes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which oh. just makes me laugh because Jeff Goldblum. But long story short, I'm really, really, really excited for Thor Ragnarok, and I think it's going to be great. And we haven't even talked about Kate Blanchett, or um, I can't remember her name, but she's playing uh, he- the oh. guardian. Oh, I can't. Oh, so I tip my tongue. I, I want to say it starts Valkyrie. with H. Valkyrie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and they both look awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, and and R.I.P. Monier. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I love how it's tying back to the comics where it, it's not exactly unworthy Thor, but like he now he's going to be wielding that badass battle axe. Uh, I hope. I think. Wait, actually, was there? Was there a shot of him wielding a battle axe now? I don't remember now. There was a shot of the Infinity War concept art with Thor and Rocket, and in that in that image, he's wielding like a big, massive axe gun thing, mm. and it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first actual time like he's wearing. Well, was he wearing? He, well, they have like a, a new incarnation of the Thor helmet, which is like the the yeah. gladiator, uh, the winged helmet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because he had the winged helmet for a couple scenes in Thor one. Yeah, but then it was pretty quickly forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now they're bringing it back, and I just, I just love how Marvel like reconstitutes like classic uh, yeah. aspects of characters, but they repurpose it or re- like give it a fresh coat of paint, which actually makes it, one like doesn't look mm. weird, but it makes it look badass, and it, it makes it seamless with the rest of the story. It's like, oh, I love it. They're they're they are doing like, everything right with with this movie, and yet somehow. 
DC won a, an Oscar before they did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oscar winning DC Extended Universe. Okay. You know, like, like I, well, speaking of Carl Urban <laughs> and, and, and Star Trek, how did Star Trek Beyond lose out in makeup? Star Trek with, uh, with that crazy, like, alien stuff all over the place and it, it lost Damaged. to. It was all because of the damage done the forehead. Uh, it's just it makes that's me what, so. That's what clinched it. It's so so sad. I I don't even. I the the, the academy's right. broken. It's all bias. It's all broken. We there is illegitimate. Just just get out. But uh oh, and like Planet Hulk. Oh my God, Hulk and the gladiator armor. Like this is something like so many fans have been clamoring. It's it's actually here. I'm so excited. Do we have um, any idea what's happening after Infinity War? Is there like a Phase 4 stuff? There's going to be a Phase 4. I'm pretty sure the only movie that was originally slated on the schedule after Infinity War was Inhumans. And then that got taken off for Untitled Marvel Movie. And then Inhumans is now going to be the TV show. They haven't. They never officially confirmed that the Inhumans movie is not happening. They just quietly took it off the release list and said, "Hey, we're making a show." Do you do you think that Phase Four could be like World War Hulk? Yeah. No. <laughs> I think a lot of fans would love to see it. I don't think it'll happen. Wouldn't it be cool though if like Hulk became the main villain of the four, the 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 Avengers movie after Infinity War though? Yes, it would. It would be like a great like palate cleanser, like a little cracker that you that you mm. eat after to like reset <laughs> your taste yeah. after like that huge thing that Infinity War is going to be. You go, yeah. you go a little bit How smaller. Do How do you move on from that? You don't. You got to just Something reset fluffy. the yeah. World yeah, War Hulk. Definitely. Let them just beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> that was good. And be super smart, or the or the maestro. Either one. No, you know, you know, you know what Phase Four is gonna be like. Uh, Marvel's actually gonna convince Fox to let go of the rights, and they're gonna make a good Doctor Doom no, they're movie. Not. No, they're not. No, Fox is stubborn. No, no. onslaught. No onslaught. <laughs> um, Just do um, a Marvel versus Capcom movie. Yeah, yes, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh my goodness! I'll even I'll even take Street Fighter. Just have Marvel a Marvel versus, versus just have a Marvel versus like spin-off non-canon subseries. So you have Marvel versus Capcom. You have Bar- Marvel versus uh S- SNK Tatsunoko. Oh SNK, yeah, yeah. Yeah, S- yeah, there's also the other one. Tatsunoko. There's so yeah. many of them. You could just do the Just have a Marvel what, versus sub movie. Make a, a what if phase and just do like yeah. a bunch Marvel of Marvel zombies. Yeah. Why not? Have that honestly, that would sell gangbusters. That would go crazy. I the think Marvel if they just did a non-canon films. Marvel Marvel Zombies movie. It'd be a bit. It would feel a bit like they jumped the shark, but at the same time, people would go see that shit. Oh yeah, at least on Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> you've known these characters for fifteen years, and now they're zombies. <laughs> yes. Cosmic zombie. Cosmic. <laughs> get, by then, all the characters, like all the first actors, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, they'll all, all their contracts will have run up. They'll come back for this one special event. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hugh Jackman comes out of retirement, becomes zombie Wolverine. Oh, can you imagine? Special cameo. Yeah. Just see his fist come out of the fucking grave. <laughs> so, you know what's actually kind of crazy to think about? I said, like, 15 years later, you've known these characters. The MCU started less than 10 years ago. Next year is 10 years from Iron Man coming out. That's insane to think how much it's grown in a decade. It's yeah. it's wild. Used to be one movie a year, one movie every other year. And then uh, now it's this year, there's three movies. Plus TV shows. Three Netflix series, two TV shows. And I think like the Hulu Cloak and Dagger as well. So that's ridiculous. Wait, what? All right. we Are you counting Spider-Man? The movies. There's uh, Guardians, Spider-Man, Thor. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if, Spider- if you're counting Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 totally. It's in the MCU. Got it. So final final bit on Thor to segue to Doctor Strange for just a quick snippet. Um, except that's something, you know, obviously because the... Oh, wait, you haven't seen Doctor yeah, Strange. Can I say the teaser? Sp- the stinger? Yeah, there's spoiler, yeah, spoiler territory. It's, okay, it's okay. Doctor Strange is... Uh, or Thor is in the stinger on Doctor Strange. Got He's it. visiting Doctor Strange, says, oh, I'm trying to find my brother Loki. He's on Earth. Or no, my brother Loki and I are trying to find our father, and he's here on Midgard. And Dr. Strange is like, okay, I'll help. And Thor's still got his long hair, so that is something else that's not brought up in the teaser for Thor Ragnarok, so that's something, a whole other part of it. They focused on the Hulk aspect, but there's still the Dr. Strange aspect that's going to be in that, and I'm really excited for that, because I'm excited to see Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange interact with others more than seeing Dr. Strange 2, because unlike, it seems, every other person on the internet, Chris, you included, I really didn't care much for Doctor Strange. Really? Okay. I thought it was... I mean, a lot of people's main complaint is it's Iron Man reskinned. And I see it like that, but not as good. It had some good moments, but I... I don't know. It was like Iron Man got taken hostage and put in a cave, and he was going to be killed. And he managed to find a way out. And he, you know, with the help of this other guy in the cave, he built this suit, and he realized his weapons were being used for bad things. And you know, and he tried to fix the error of his ways. And he's still smarmy and a jackass and cocky, but he's he's trying to better himself. Whereas Stephen Strange starts off as this smarmy, cocky, full of himself, best in the world doctor or neurosurgeon. And how does he get his powers? Well, first he loses his the ability in his hands by texting while driving. Yeah, that was the biggest. It, it was like a P, it was a PSA on the side of a friggin' mountain. It was like That's he's the just worst PSA he's, he's not just he's not just cocky. He's irresponsible. He's ridiculously irresponsible. Like, come on, dude, texting while driving and speeding around corners. That's terrible. And he caused that accident himself. Nobody hit him. He fell off the side. You know, he tried to swerve to avoid a collision. It was all his fault. He shouldn't be blaming anyone else for the loss of the use of his hands except him. That's all on him. I have no sympathy for him. <laughs> is this, but this, the message that they sent to the kids is text while driving, you'll become the sorcerer supreme. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, like, he goes searching for this place. And it's not like some big epic journey to find the place to get his training. It's like, oh, I got a tip from this random guy who I guess was supposed to be paralyzed but can walk now because he's got this power from this monastery and he just goes and flies and finds a monastery that's easy eh? anyone can find that place 
I, I just it seemed too convenient and too contrived to me. Like I said, I liked bits of it. Like I love the special effects and the psychedelic states. Like that was all really cool. And I liked the Dormammu bit. Uh, I know a lot of people were a bit torn on that, but I thought that was quite well done. And the bit at the end with Thor was great. But ultimately, I really wasn't I haven't watched it since I saw it in cinemas, and I want to watch it again to get a fresh perspective on it. I didn't really care for it as much as everybody else seemed to. And it did really I thought it was pretty mediocre as far as the Marvel movies go. Mm. I like Thor The Dark World better. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Like, I do agree, like, like Stephen Strange in the same analog as, as Iron Man, like, he's not a sympathetic character, and he is, t- he's a total asshole, especially to uh, Rachel McAdams, and, um, but, uh, I don't know. May- Man, not not to rethink okay. it, okay. but... One more, sorry, one more point I just remembered I wanted to bring up. I know they had to have her there because I forgot about her character completely, which shows how much of an impact she had. But um, she is like another really skilled doctor or nurse, whatever. And when she sees him and he's having his out of body experience or whatever, and uh, she just takes it all in stride. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't like faint or I don't know. She just, Oh, Oh yeah. Your body's right here, but I can see your spirit in front of me. You're talking to me. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Okay, granted, aliens have descended upon New York, and she's seen some stuff, because all of mankind has now. But that shouldn't be something that's just normal to her. She should be kind of weirded out and a little uneasy. But she just does her job and fixes him, and she's fine. I think it would have made a lot more sense to have Claire Temple there, because she's already had a lot of experience with uh, super people, extraordinary people. And maybe... uh, What's-Her-Face's character is there, and she is freaking out because she can't handle the situation. I don't know what's going on. There's this you know, this guy I love or have loved in the past, and he's trying to tell me how to fix his body from a temporal state or whatever. And then Claire Temple busts in, like, back off. I got this. I'll deal with it. You just sit and learn. You know, watch and learn. I tried my boyfriend way. in a vat of oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would have been a great way to tie in the Netflix series with the with the movies, you don't have to have anything else. Just seeing some character from Netflix series on the big screen would appease me, would make feel like it's more connected. I don't know. It's all logistics. It's all logistics with the movie world versus the TV world, the production companies. And I understand that, but you gotta, you gotta cement it somewhere. And Claire Temple's the best character in the Netflix universe. And she, it would have been a perfect, place to tie her in i think just my two cents i i agree like for one like i still don't understand why there's i mean i do understand but i just don't get why marvel won't like just throw like a teeny tiny bone just to connect in some way and make a canon like the mixing the the netflix and the the greater movie mcu uh universes because it could be as simple as like Claire Temple showing up. That would be amazing. And Rosario Dawson is badass. And, um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people were 
disappointed that the defenders are not, are not going to be a thing with Infinity War, and but it doesn't have to be something on that scale. Like like you said, like Claire Temple showing up and like patching up a like a, a meta that would be awesome, and and like I don't know, I I, I completely agree. I feel like Claire Temple and would have been so cool in Doctor Strange. I know we didn't really we we weren't really planning on talking about Iron Fist, but Claire Temple and Iron Fist, and as well as the other female characters, were the best part of the show. And Claire Temple in this particular she calls him out on all his shit. Yeah, Claire- he's a bad character with bad motives and bad attitudes, and she always calls him out on it. And I love it. Yes. More of the story, Claire Temple should be in everything. Ros- Rosario Dawson, like Donnie Yen, should be in every single movie. I just, I love her that much. So. Fair call. Donnie Yen should have been Iron Fist. Yes, yes, there please. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, more in the chat, or have we kind of written the book on it now? Oh, uh, well, Guardians of the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy two c- comes out really soon for you, Zach. You got to see oh, it right, a month yeah. early. Well, I mean, a couple weeks early, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, the the first screen, like the pr- official release date, is Tuesday. The whatever next Tuesday is, but uh, I'll be seeing a week from tomorrow on the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in April as opposed to May. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. More awesome Just James like Gunn. Just like a smiley face or a frowny face. Okay, I will. I tell you what, the the trailers for Guardians Two haven't been hyping me up as much as the trailers for Spider Man and Thor. Yeah, I think I'm still looking forward to it. I think that's because it just it feels like more of the first Guardians, which yeah. is not which bad, isn't but a bad thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just I think they're sh- saving a lot of it for the movies, whereas yeah. uh, Spider Man people think they've seen the whole movie with the trailer. Guardians, I feel like I've seen nothing. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I think so. I think it'll be I, I'm I'm fairly certain it'll be good because the first one was good. It just it just yeah, it doesn't surprise yeah. me like the first time. The the hype leading up to the first Guardians was Definitely. so unique that it just like absolutely okay, more. Yeah. The the stuff for Iron Fist and Thor. I mean not, oh god, no. Spider Man <laughs> and Thor feel like different new and fresh and yeah new and fresh yeah for sure agreed cool all right so i think that wraps it up uh let's move on to all the video games talk because there's just so much has happened ever since you came on and especially this spring this is why i need to be on more frequently because i I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and all we've done is like star wars and marvel and it's been an hour there's still video games and uh, this other thing. I forget. Video games and the Nintendo Direct, which is part of video games. Yeah. This, do you want to go over the, the Direct real quick? Or? There wasn't. Sure. There wasn't yeah, why not? There was just there was like some dates. and There was like, because they were doing the rapid fire news bits, there were probably 15 or 20 little announcements. Yeah. But it was like, here's a tiny new game. And it's coming out this fall. Here's a game you already know about. It's coming out in June. Yeah, they did a lot of little release dates. I'm actually but, uh, happy Splatoon 2 is like 
end of July rather than June. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a good yeah. way to spread things out a little bit because I feel I like we've been like drowning in games right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with stuff getting pushed. I'll, I'll real quick, I'll bring up my, cause I was live tweeting during the Nintendo direct saying this has been announced. This has been announced. So I'll just bring up my tweets about it. See what, uh, what I can remind myself of what happened while you're doing that. You know what the thing that came out of that, that is most interesting to me as What's a Nintendo person, um, RPG maker <sighs> fest coming for the 3ds. Oh yeah. That looks I, really I, cool. Uh, I've um, just never got into the RPG makers. I've tried I, them before. Yeah, I've I played them on the, uh, the PS2 PC versions, but um, I like the idea of making it on the go. That's really what I wished uh, Mario Maker 3DS was the whole the, sure. not, not, not just making your own shit, but like sharing it. And I feel mm. like um, this RPG Maker is going to make it a little bit easier than the 3DS version of Mario Maker, like Spot Pass or whatever, Street Pass right, yeah, sharing. Yeah. Um, and that's because I, I have a Mario Maker for the Wii U, and the the attractive thing to me about it being on the 3DS was being able to, you know, eat up those commute times making yeah. levels and shit. And so it completely killed my motivation when the whole internet stuff wasn't in it, the sharing aspect. Mm. So if RPG Maker has an app, then I think that'll be the game that I use to eat up. Yeah, fair enough. Stuff. Because I don't have time to sit at home and make RPGs, even though when I was younger, I fucked around with those games quite a lot. So it'd be it'd be nice to, you know, on the train, the bus or whatever, make a little RPG storyline, share it with other people, play other people's games. I think that's something that I wasn't expecting at all, but I think is a really yeah, awesome idea, and I'm looking forward to it. I really thought the last 3DS game for me was going to be Fire Emblem, but now it looks like it might be RPG Maker. So well, There you go. That works. So here are the notes I took. Pikmin 3DS is called Hey Pikmin. It's out July 28th alongside a new Pikmin Amiibo, which has like all the Pikmin characters, like all the actual Pikmin on it. The red, yellow, blue, pink, and silvery rock one. It's a cool looking Amiibo. Cool Amiibo. Uh, a weird idea for a game. Because Pikmin is not a side scroller. Yeah, but I like it. I like when established franchises take new or try. Like Kingdom yes. Hearts Recoded is a shit Kingdom Hearts game, but the boss battles all do different things, and it's a really cool. Like one of the boss battles is like a side scrolling level, and one of the boss battles is an endless runner level, and it's the boss battles in that game are what make it worth playing, because it's all stuff you've. Done. Um, before, but the boss battles are unique. So I like when franchises try new things. I'm totally of a series I like. Fair enough. This RPG coming to the 3DS on June 23rd, with uh, alongside a plushie of one of the animal mascots. Monster Hunter Stories coming this fall. Yokai Watch 2 Psychic Specters is the definitive edition of Yokai Watch 2 out this fall. New me game called Metopia is a JRPG style game. Uh, 
using Yumi characters coming Don't in. Don't we already have that on the... Uh... the yeah. yeah, except that's really, really simple. This actually looks like a proper JRPG. All right, but are there going to be hats? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's my draw. The hat. Team Fortress. I'm still playing that stupid dungeon crawler on the screen. I stopped thing. playing it when I got all the hats I could unlock from it. <laughs> you I, got I all the hats? Not all the hats in the me world, but like some of the hats you can only unlock with the paid me games, and I don't I have you. those. But I I went through every path I could mm-hmm. on the dungeon crawler game, and so I got everything I could get from that. My my so enjoyment. My enjoyment in it like diminished after I got the Wario and the Waluigi. Those are the ones that I wanted, but I'm still going through it because it's still like whatever. I think my most weird, my most worn uh, me hat is a pizza. Pizza. <laughs> pizza. Um, that's coming later, 2017. Fire Emblem Echoes, the remake of the original Fire Emblem game for 3DS. We'll have DLC that explores more backstories of. And characters Interesting. and side it, characters. Is it unlocked via Amiibo? Or is I don't like, think so. I not. think it's normal DLC. The other uh, 3DS game that launches today, so it's available now, for the 25th anniversary of Kirby. Can be a four-player co-op or versus, I think. Uh, the third game, in the th- third and final game in the Box Boy trilogy is available now as well. Out of nowhere. No announcements beforehand, just surprise launch. Finally, this was the big news for me. The the new, the final Smash Bros. Amiibo that were announced mm. a year and a friggin' half ago yes. are finally going to come out. The the Cloud, Corporate, and Bayonetta Amiibo are all coming out July 21st. They look so beautiful. versions of both of them. They look so There's beautiful. Cloud Normal and Cloud Player 2, which is his uh, Advent Children garb. Bayonetta and Bayonetta Player 2, which is her Bayonetta 2 garb and her Bayonetta 1 garb. And then Corrin 1 and 2, which is male and female. I'm so happy they, they did the split genders for Corrin. Me too. I, I think a lot of people were hoping for that. No one was expecting it because they only had female Wii Fit Trainer and uh, they have male Robin. male Robin. But I think it was a good move. Makes sense yeah. when they're doing the two clouds and the two Bayos. Yeah, and the figures look really great. I've seen some up close shots of them, and they look really cool. Um, also, new Zelda amiibo confirmed because they don't have enough of those yet. So they they look they look good too. Yeah, but they have the Majora's Mask one, so that's yeah. They've got got Majora's Mask Kid Link with the Goron mask, and they've got a Skyward Sword Link, and they've got a Twilight Princess Link, and they're all part of the standard. Legend of Zelda series of Amiibo. I might have too many Zelda Amiibo, though. I don't have enough. I've only got the Smash Bros. Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, as well as the Wolf Link. Yeah, I have... Wolf Link's one of my favorites. I don't I don't have any of the Smash Bros. Zelda ones, actually. But I have I have um, Wolf Link, I have Ryder from um, Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, got the 8-bit Link. Want that uh, so bad. And I have the um, the Wind Waker one with the actual, you know, yeah, um, yeah, Wind Waker itself. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Uh, more Nintendo Direct stuff. I'll just do this quick fire. 
uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's battle mode looks better than Mario Kart 8 Vanilla. They've completely redone it. They've got new stages, Inklings or Splatoon stage, Inklings as racers, new items. Uh, Zach, uh, let me ask you a quick question about Mario Kart. Yes. Uh, Link in it? Yes. He's in the deluxe one? Yes. The deluxe right. version has all the DLC characters and tracks. So it's right. got Fantastic. like four, eight, twelve, I think sixteen new tracks that are the DLC tracks from the original game. Plus the six new characters, which are Villager and Isabel from uh Animal Crossing, Dry Bones, Link, uh and the other two. <laughs> Zach, could you whatever they are. Zach, can you get first something yeah. for me? Is is the the Mario Kart Deluxe uh, Nintendo Switch bundle really only for Russian markets? I have no idea. Okay, because I know I've th- seen pictures of it, yeah. but I have no idea what markets it's for. Yeah, I I, I heard I heard chatter that it's only for Russia, which I don't think it's true. But at the same time, that it's sounds all, weird. It's all, it, all, it only has yeah. appeared on, or leaked on a Russian uh, online store website. That's very odd if it's only for russian right now by the time black friday rolls around it'll be for every other place that's true okay yeah uh joy con battery pack is coming out because apparently (laughs) minecraft is coming sonic forces basically sonic generation 2 is uh holiday 2017 sonic mania coming this summer uh project makuru on the switch this summer it's a puzzle kind of game it looks if you know the board game blockus blockus something like that it, i don't really know what it's about but that's what it looks like uh fate extella coming to switch july 25th disgaea 5 complete coming may 23rd demo on the switch soon puyo puyo tetris demo available from the day of the direct and the game is coming soon cinemora x which is a game by Grasshopper Studios, uh, coming to Switch this summer. Payday 2, this is surprising. Payday yeah. 2 coming to Switch later this year. Yes, I, I'm all in I it. I mean, it kind of feels like Batman Arkham City Armored Edition coming to Wii U when, Ar- yeah, when Arkham City had already been out for a year and a half, or Mass Effect 3 coming to Wii U. Even so it, it's a good game, but late to the party seems kind of strange just trying to make the switch appealing to a mature crowd i guess don't know namco museum collects classic namco bandai games on the switch this summer standalone switch docks this is cool standalone switch docks are available to purchase in may so you can set up an extra dock to another tv in the house without moving your whole setup so you can have a switch dock on this tv a switch dock on that tv and you can move it freely between the two without having to buy a whole nother console. Um, Splatoon 2, there's a new Inkling Boy, Inkling Girl, and Inkling Squid Amiibo coming for it with new designs as opposed to just a recolor of the last ones. Um, The game and the Amiibo are coming out July 21st. And that's what I had written. I didn't write anything about ARMS because the game kind of looks mediocre to me. Yeah. I think it has a, a an audience that it's going to appeal greatly to, but I'm just not interested. Me neither. Oh, I'm the I'm the black sheep here. I'm like ridiculously excited for for ours. That's fine. Uh, and I, I just, honestly, sorry, okay. I'm just going to interrupt real quick. I think honestly, 
the people were so taken with Splatoon and it's so colorful and vibrant and just fast paced. And I think they took a cue from that when doing arms, a totally different style game, but it's still super colorful, super fast paced looking. And I think they're trying to capitalize on that kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nintendo's always super colorful, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Chris just wants to aura aura his way yeah, through. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, last episode when we had Simon from super hot games, come on. We like it was like thirty to forty five minutes of straight up martial arts talk, and I my 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 soul was screaming with joy. And now for Nintendo to have this game where it's like it's it's fighting, but it's in the that classic colorful Nintendo uh, facelift and aesthetic. And I I just I need it. I need it in my life, and I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna be. I mean, so and have we, we had two new characters that were revealed. Um, it just look, they look super bizarre and awesome, and I, this is gonna be my cup of tea. So, I'm excited for this. Good, good, mm, good. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about the the new yellow Joy-Con neon controller? Nah, nah it's I just like oh that's yeah I thought I I. I did it not look like highlighters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they totally do too. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm, wa- I'm waiting for Nintendo to release like the cla- like classic color scheme ones. You know, I'm I'm waiting for that purple GameCube Photoshop exactly uh, Switch to become a real thing. Uh yeah, yeah, the game yeah, that'd do be that. really well, cool. It's Please. time to bring it back, especially if if they're gonna bring GameCube games to the Switch. As downloadable virtual console stuff mm-hmm. would be perfect. Which we still don't really have much about the virtual console. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they're saving that for E3, probably. If anything, it could be. Yeah. Which I'll be at. Um, <laughs> they should, they should bundle the GameCube controllers with like a download of Melee or something for the Switch. Oh. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yes. We'll, we can speed it up. We're we're done with the Nintendo stuff. Um, yeah. Zach, so the other notes were Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy XV, ukulele. Can you give me a five minute or less rundown of ukulele? For yes, our show? I can. I Do you can. like it? Is it a, is it a game? The short answer: Yes, it is a game. Yes, I like it. Yes, I would recommend it. Okay. Would you like to explain? I, Yes, I would. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, <laughs> Stanley. Um, My pleasure. I've, a lot of the reviews are correct in that it is a proper reimagining of N64 era platform 3D platforming games, warts and all. Uh, the 3D platforming has the the camera is a bit funny, and you'll get frustrated when you're trying to jump somewhere and you can't because the camera is funny. Or because you slide off a ledge or whatever. Um, and there are things that you'll have to try a dozen times before you figure it out or before you get it. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, figuring out just how to do it is part of the fun. It doesn't blow your, uh, it doesn't waste your time with tutorials. A lot of people complained about the fact that there are a lot of abilities that had more uses that it didn't explain. And I think that's really good. Like, uh, there's one, you get an invisibility ability at one point. Uh, so you can, like, go past 
sensors and sensors, sensors and radars uh, without them pinging you and shutting the door. So, but there's also another ability. There's and you're in front of a beam of light. You can redirect that light, kind of like a prism, to a switch or something to activate it, or onto some ice to thaw it. And you just have to figure that out. It doesn't tell you that you can do that. It just you know you can go invisible. And I like that it doesn't just give you everything because it makes it more engaging. It makes you work for some of the goals. It makes you try new things. Um, and that's with a lot of the abilities. There's something that they tell you outright that it does and something that you have to just figure out. Um, the levels are big. There's a lot of collectibles. There's a lot to find. There's a lot to do. The hub world has a lot to do as well. It feels very much like 2017 banjo kazooie and that's what i wanted from it um so if you liked banjo kazooie or those types of games get it because you'll enjoy it it's not perfect you'll get frustrated with some parts i think i put it on twitter the other day saying the the challenges range from uh mind-numbingly easy to break your controller rage inducing and that to me is a good thing because there's such a variety of challenges. There are some that are just step on the switch to open the box and pick up the page inside. And others are like on the ice level, find five snowmen scattered throughout the level. These snowmen are missing their hats, find their hats. Their hats are hidden in five snow piles hidden throughout the level. Okay. Well, you have to find the five snow piles. You can't do anything with them unless you're a snowplow. You can only transform into a snowplow if you find the molecule in that level and give it to the doctor so you can transform. And that's all to get one page. So you mm -hmm. had to find the molecule, give it to the doctor, transform to a snowplow, find the five piles of snow, plow them, find the hats, give the hats to the five snowmen who are in different locations in the level. That's a lot to do for one level. And platforming on an ice stage as a snowplow with no traction sucks ass that's probably the most frustrated i've been with this game but it's still it's different it's fun it's got yeah i've said i'm just about to start repeating myself variety of challenges variety of abilities the stages are all unique it's got a casino level and the casino level in sonic 2 is one of my favorite levels in a game ever so that's always nice to throw back to love casino levels yeah i agree and so that's that's pretty fun I would recommend it. I'd give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Fair enough. Is How does it look visually? Like Good. Really good. Yeah. Okay. There are some levels where like, if you're up on a high up ledge and you're just looking out over everything, that's pretty beautiful. Okay. I've had no, I've had no frame rate issues or glitches in the animation or anything. It's definitely not a Bioware or Bethesda game. But uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Awesome. Like I'm doing work, quote unquote, with it to write up guides on how to find the collectibles, mm -hmm. and I'm still enjoying it. Usually, that feels like a bit of a chore because I'm not playing it for fun; I'm playing it to write. But I'm doing that, and I'm having a lot of fun tracking them all down. So it's it's a good time. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm waiting for the Switch version for personally. Sure. Um, I wouldn't blame anybody for waiting for a price drop personally. But you'll you'll get your money's worth out of it, even if you buy a full price. Sweet. Nice. All right, thanks. And that's ukulele. V very cool.
So how about that chapter 13 in Final <laughs> Fantasy 15? Yeah, how about how the whole about second it? half of that game, BTW? You what? How about that whole second half of the game? How about that whole second half? Uh, I like. How about it. that train? I'll be honest. I there were bits I didn't like, but are we going to go to spoilers? Yeah, we're going to go because all it's up been since the... November. Uh, it's it's been long enough. That's fine. Okay. Spoiler warning: now. Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, I didn't hate Chapter 13 nearly as much as everybody else seemed to. I didn't, I didn't understand the hate for it. It was different from everything else in the game. But as I have made apparent in the rest of the conversation on this podcast, I like when games do different things. I don't like it to be formulaic the entire time. I like having change-ups and screwballs thrown at me, you know, or curveballs. So I, I thought it was interesting to just have Noctis and just have a ring of power instead of all your weapons. It made you think differently. It made you go about it differently. I could see the argument that it went on too long. Mm-hmm. But even that didn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe it was because I did so many of the side quests at the beginning of the game that by the time I got there, I was like level 85. Maybe that helped because <laughs> I that wasn't dying be. often. That could be the case. But uh, I didn't have a problem with it myself. And I haven't played it since the update because I've got too much other shit to play right now. <laughs> I'm not going to go replay Final Fantasy 15 right now. Did you You beat it though? Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's the first game I ever platinumed. Did you Did you cry every time at the end? No. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> with, with them, like, sitting on the throne or whatever, and they were, like, all pretty. No. Like, uh, Not first. even close. <laughs> I thought the ending was really weird. Uh, I, I like Chapter 13 more than I like the ending. <laughs> I feel opposite. I like the really yeah. pretty, the, they're on the throne, and they're, like, real handsome looking. <laughs> did, did you watch Kingsglaive? Yes. Jesus Christ. Did you Christ. like Kingsglaive? No. No? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I wanted to. I, I wanted to. Yeah. But. I know there were um, there were a lot of people I saw online commenting on how when you go to fight Arden and there are the bodies hanging up and it's real dark and kind of unexpected because you see Ludafrey's body and Regis's body and there's another body that's just kind of difficult to tell, but apparently that's Nyx. Oh, really? Aaron Paul? And that's, oh. Yeah, that's purely... <laughs> that's Nyx, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Uh, that's purely for the fans, because Noctis would have no idea who that is. That wouldn't mean anything to him. So it feels yeah. a bit strange that he would be hanging there also. But it's for the fans, and I didn't even pick up that it was him until I read online that that's who it was. So I was like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. But um, so that was kind of weird to have him there out of nowhere. I wish they would have connected Kingsglaive more meaningfully in more parts than just that. Like Droughtos was with King Regis at the very beginning in the, like the opening cutscene, but he had no lines. He had nothing to do with it. It was just there to connect Kingsglaive in a very minimal, lazy way. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that, according to interviews with Tabata, the ending was supposed to be ambiguous, so you could kind of draw your own conclusion as to what you think happened and why it ended, why it did. And I think that's lazy storytelling. They, uh, because... they fucking died. They went to the live stream, where the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's it. It's open to your interpretation. I, I, I guess it's nice because people can have a discussion about it and say, I think this and I think that. Well, like, I don't know. I just, I like a definitive answer. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. 
I'm so. Do you I was think, a huge fan of the ending. Do you think the the game as a whole would have been better if it had been like the open world thing all the way through to the end? Or no, I don't. But I think it would have been better if they had spread it out more. Like at the beginning, it was like open world. It was a chapter of open world that you could spend fifty hours on, and then it was like an hour straight away for chapter four and then chapter five was back to open world and chapter six was a straight away for an hour and it was like linear open linear open and i think if they'd kept that up through more of the game that would have been better because overall it gives you the feeling of the first half of the game is open and the second half of the game is linear and i think it would have been nice to have more open areas in the second half and more story in the beginning because there were points at the beginning where I just I loved doing all the side quests. I got sucked into the fishing and the hunts, and I got really into all of that. And that's why I was such a high level at the end game because I just was doing so much, and I really enjoyed it. But then by the time I finally went to move on with the plot, I was like, "Wait, wait what's actually happening? I don't actually remember because it's been so long." So either I need if I want to keep up with the story, I either have to go quickly and sacrifice doing the side quests or just uh, do the side quests and sacrifice some of the story fluidity. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, okay. Is there a story? Is there, is there a plot? <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's just the just being with your bros. You know, that's, yeah, uh, that's dude, all that it is. is a story. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck. Excuse me. There is a story. You find the Chocobo outpost. You do quests for the Chocobo man. You save a black Chocobo from extinction. There's a there's a story there. Mm-hmm. It's all there's about Chocobos. No, there's no Chocobros. Uh, Chocobros. Choco I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you what that story was and how it got resolved. One of the things I don't understand is everybody I know loved the character of Arden and thought he was such a good villain and I thought he was a terrible villain. Is that the like, the the bad guy? Dude from Spencer's gifts with the <laughs> with the hat and the cloak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like from the first time you meet him, he's labeled as like mysterious man or something. And he speaks with that tone of like, I am such a bad guy. You know I'm a bad guy. I'm doing nice things for you, but you know I'm going to stab you in the back. Uh, You know I'm just going to turn around when you least expect it, which means it's going to be when you most expect it. And I'm very cliched. I I didn't like him. Yeah, I didn't like him. I didn't like him that I don't like this guy because he's such a bad guy. Like, he's doing so many bad things. I didn't like him because I didn't like him. He just wasn't a good character to me. It was very fleshed out. His motives were kind of muddled and jumbled, and it's all thrown at you at the last minute. And he's, I think it'll be – it's one of those things I think, again, on a second playthrough would make more sense because when you meet him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I see why he's doing this now. So maybe when I play it again eventually to remind myself of everything. Then no, what, what was he doing? Like what was his whole point? I don't know. There's I don't nothing. Know. I don't know if you'd go it's back. Like, he was go actually, back. From what I understand, he was actually part of the – Lucis Calum bloodline, but something happened and he was shunned or he was forgotten or he was lost. What I don't is even really that? Understand. I don't even know what that is. Like this Lucis is a Caleb game bloodline. about four four boys uh, going yeah. on going on a bachelor party, like going uh, camping. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> with they, their they, cup they, noodles and their Coleman camping equipment. They ate, they ate some weird shit like in the woods, and then this whole second half is like knock this <laughs> trip again, like, fever like, dream. Yeah, just a big fever dream. That whole ha- second half and. Mm. 
I question for you. Who's your best boy? Hashtag best boy. I like Prompto a lot. High five. Prompto. Yeah. Prompto all the way. We talked about the Zach. Prompto all the way. Yeah, it's gonna say Chris and I talked about it last time. Yeah. Yeah, I like Prompto a lot. Um especially after watching the Yeah. Especially his episode in the anime. It was a really weird me. I think his his whole being being like someone who needed to get in shape and like be friends with the prince and like I just yeah. I like that whole aspect of this character which struggle like uh, should have been in the game and not yeah, like an anime yeah. ancillary like thing you could easily miss um I also like Ignis were- a lot just because he's a, a grumpy cook man <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I love that meme yeah there were there were bits that I liked and bits I didn't like how sometimes you could go stay at uh you'd stay the night at a random hotel on the road and all of a sudden you'd have an event with one of your party members and that's where you'd kind of get to know them better but at the same time i don't like that because it's all optional and it's like one of the reasons why i didn't like final fantasy 6 as much as everybody else does is because there's so many characters in that it's contrast because it's like 14 characters as opposed to four but you only get to know them if you have them in your party at the right part of the game when you're at the right part of the map so that you they interact with the NPCs and you get their backstory. And uh, so at the end of the game, if you didn't do a lot of that, or if you didn't know to do a lot of that, you only really know three or four of the characters well. And so I didn't have any type of attachment to 90% of the cast in Final Fantasy VI. In this, you get to know them a lot because they're your part, you only have these four party members the whole time. So if nothing else, you've got the banter, and the banter makes it interesting and fun because they're always commenting on what you do and how you do it. And I think that goes a long way in building the gamer's relationship with the characters because it makes them feel like people as opposed to like fantastical heroes. And, um, but the, the one-on-one bits where you go camping and you've got an event or a conversation that's only available there with that person, I think is quite, uh, what's the word? Um, intimate and it builds the, the Noctis, X whatever relationship and also builds your relationship with the characters as a player. And I think that's really nice. It's just, it's a shame that you could miss out on so many of those by just going straight through the game. I know people that beat the game in 25, 30, 35 hours because all they did was go through the game and they wouldn't have had any of those interactions. They wouldn't have had like, there's a bit where you sleep and prompto comes out to have a chat with you. And he has a bit of a heart to heart with you about how he's like, you know, he, he always has the the joke and the quip and the funny one-liner, but he, he really is always pretty self-conscious about what he's saying and what he's doing, and he doesn't want to fail. Like He feels like, oh, Gladio's the, the powerhouse. He's going to protect you, and Ignis is always looking after you. He's always he's cooking you good food, keeping you healthy, and I'm just kind of here. And like he's really self-conscious about it. He opens up, and that's a really nice moment. That's I, I think that's what cemented him as my favorite is because he's got this whole, it's kind of like the episode of the anime. He's got this internal struggle that he's had since childhood and he's just trying to get over it. And it's very relatable and it's very personal. And I feel like it's more meaningful than any other interactions I had with the others. But again, you totally miss that if you don't happen to spend the night at this one place in the open world area. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I like it, but I don't like that. It's optional. I think a lot more people would have a lot more appreciation for individual characters if some more of those moments were more mandatory. 
I I know it took like ten years for us to get this game, but I feel like this world would be the one to benefit the most for like a fifteen two. Yeah, just, yeah. Just come back with a, yeah, a more but... focused like storyline, <laughs> you know. Have uh, Luna Freya and Aranea and yeah, make Arne- Cindy and it does. You could even do Paris. it without four, any four-player girl party. Exactly. Make make Aranea like the main character and be like, this is this is what happened after I, the boys went I'd to sleep. I quite happily play Chapter Aranea. Yeah, me too. She's my favorite character that I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, she's cool and badass, but all of a sudden she's on your team for no reason. Yeah, Zach, where does this fall on your? Your master My list. My ranking. Yeah. Where, where do you rank uh, this? Uh, it might sound a little harsh, but if I'm going uh, King of Hearts, Final Fantasy one through Final Fantasy fifteen, it would probably be like number six or seven. Like it, the top ones would be nine, seven, ten, eight, twelve. Mm-hmm. somewhere around there mm-hmm. and then after that would be some mix of five no fives in the top five it would be nine seven ten five twelve and then eight four fifteen thirteen so it's probably giving number eight somewhere between seven and nine like mm. number seven and nine in the ranking, not between seven and nine, the games. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know, it's, it's tough to say where it would fall in my ranking because I've played it through once. I've got my impressions of one playthrough whereas so many of the others I've played through many times, seven and nine are my top two and I've played them heaps. Yeah. So, uh, it probably has a lot to say for it, but you know, ask me again in five years and it might be totally different. All right. Fair enough. So, I liked it. It could have been better, but it could have been worse. Yeah. I was satisfied. I'm glad, I'm glad it exists and it came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that we finally got it. I would have probably wasn't been a trash heap. I would probably have been more upset if they were like, "No, we're just going to scrap it and move on to something else." Like, I'm glad they like, you, finished it and put it out. Yeah, I tell you this. Um, I have not had any inclination to go back to it since. I finished it. I beat the game and they had the Moogle Chocobo Carnival and I played that for about three hours and was like, yeah, I get the idea. This is fun, but it's it's okay. And I like I know people who played the Moogle Chocobo Carnival every day that it was out for the whole two weeks. And I was just like, yeah, it's a carnival. You go, you play some games and you're done. And um, I don't ha- I haven't bought the DLC or the season pass and I'm sure eventually it will when they're on a sale. But I don't. I haven't been sold by episode Gladio, or the teaser for episode Ignis. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It hasn't drawn me in so much that I want to have every piece of media that comes out for it. I got both of the. Yeah, HD that's right. You're playing them. That's right. Uh, I haven't gotten far because I got into Persona. Persona. <laughs> um, I didn't. Pl- that really took over my life now that that it's out. Um, Makes sense. But I started Birth by Sleep. What's your What's your favorite Kingdom Hearts? I don't know if we've touched on this. If uh, we're just saying draw a line in the sand, favorite Kingdom Hearts, that's two. Why? Because it's everything Kingdom One, Kingdom Hearts One was, but bigger, more expensive. Um, the lore is building. The stories are more in depth. 
the characters have more depth. You learn more about most of them. Yeah, it. Some people like it the least because it blows up in the convolution, and that's a fair argument. If you didn't play Chain of Memories, you don't even know who the organization is. They're totally new characters, and you don't know where half of them are because you already killed them in Chain of Memories. But uh, but if you're a fan of the first Kingdom Hearts, I don't know why you would have skipped Chain of Memories. Well, I know because if you had a PS2, but you didn't have a Game Boy or Game Boy Advance, because that's how it originally released was. PS2, then Game Boy Advance, then Kingdom Hearts 2 on PS2 again. That's true. So that's why they eventually re-released Chain of Memories on PS2, because then people could catch up. Do you so. re-chain or regular chain? I have only played regular chain once. I still have it. I still have the box for it, which is great. Right. <laughs> but uh, And I like the sprites. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but um, overall, I'd say rechain because once you played it through once, if you didn't like the card system, which most people, myself included, were not a big fan of, once you play it through once, you unlock theater mode, and if you want to play it again, you can just watch the cutscenes from the main menu, and you're good. You don't have to go through all the fluffy card gameplay. But um, I, I did really like the sprites in in Vanilla Chain. So, Chris, have you, if you ever have played Game Boy the- Advance? You can find it. Yeah, I, I haven't played. I only played like the, the like the main ones, like one and two. I like I I got into it late, so I did not know. I would benefit if I had Zach or like someone of Zach's fandom and caliber to help me. Andy, like or like Andy, yeah, like this. Um, just to because like I did I did not catch up with any of like the spinoff ones, so like like. So you'd like just play through one and be like, okay, how does this connect? Yeah. Okay, how does this connect? Okay, yeah. how does this connect? Yeah. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, it, like the lore is convoluted to begin with, anyway. And like to me, it's just like I, there's like there's like so many spinoffs. I don't know what to start. I'll just stick with one and two. You know, just and and yeah. But but now I don't have an excuse because I did pick up the the PS4 remaster collection. And, 1.5 and 2.5. Yeah, and also had picked up 2.8 awesome. recently. I just, yeah, I just, so nice. so I got just, the whole series. Yeah, I sh- I shelled so much money in one sitting. Cause you know what? Like when Kingdom Hearts three comes out, I want to be prepared, so I might as well just marathon through it when when I can. Well, at the rate they're going, you've got plenty of time. So. Yeah. Also, Chris, I, I I don't know if you were aware of this, but Birth by Sleep, uh, Leonard Nimoy's in it. And Mark Hamill's in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and they play they play opposite ends. So like Leonard Nimoy is like the villain, really? and Mark Hamill's like holy the, shit, the, the Jedi master character. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, and they were best they were best friends back in the day. Wow. Okay. I don't know if you know that yet, the voice cast for Birth by Sleep is like top notch, absurd, especially because it was a PSP game. But you have Mark Hamill. As, a, as like a major <laughs> character and Leonard Master. Nimoy is oh. that is like the and, ultimate uh, fan showdown play- have you picked up on the play words and Master Ericus's name Stan no. no you know how there's Yen Sid who yeah. is Mickey's mentor master or whatever and Yen Sid is Disney backwards yeah Ericus is square backwards oh shit oh my yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> Disney is that's square cool. that's funny that's- uh, I didn't know that when I first played Birth by Sleep. I think it was like a year after I'd beat the game when someone I saw that online somewhere. And I was like, "What? Amazing! Simple but amazing." Yeah. Um. 
I have the collections too, and and my my main goal is to play through Birth by Sleep because I completely missed that one. I played one, I played Chain, I played two, and that's where it kind of ends for me. So sure. I I really want to go because I heard so many good things about Birth by Sleep, and mm. it's like the the prequel. And I remember watching that um that special movie that like teased you know the, all the armors and stuff oh, that you get like yeah, in yeah, two, yeah. like. Yeah in two or whatever and i was like oh man whatever the fuck that is i want to see it so bad and i want to play yeah. it and it's birth by sleep but i i like never by the time it came out i didn't have a psp anymore sure so i missed it and and now i'll tell you what incentive that uh that cutscene that's at the end of kingdom hearts 2 the hidden one um those events play out pretty much scene for scene at the end of birth by sleep nice so those are parts from the finale and you'll see those scenes like three times because you play through as each of the three characters. Yeah, and plus the other cool thing about Birth by Sleep, three main characters and you can play as them. And one of them yeah. is a woman, Aqua. And so you get to be um, And she's the one that makes it out with the best situation. Like she's the one that gets the sequel spin-off. Yeah, it gets to be in two point eight. So I'm playing I'm playing yeah. as Aqua right now, because I think that's probably she's the best Master path. Aqua. She yeah. becomes the master, and Tara's the one that's like, oh, I lost. Yeah, that's as far as I got, basically, when I play it. Like, <laughs> yes, she's the master, and playing as her. She's going to be in 2.8 when I play it. Mm. I'm hyped. So. Uh, I really like that, too, how they made her the one that is, like, holding them together. Yeah. She's the, the block. And I also didn't play Dream Drop Distance, so I'm going to get to that, too. And yeah. There's just so much getting to do Mars. I want I want in the future to get you and to have us like map out fucking Kingdom Hearts, but we can't do that with Andy not being here. So it has to be, yep. he has to be Sweet. here too. So that's why I didn't want to do a full Kingdom Map Hearts it out as in chronology? Like all, we're going to do like um, a debriefing, a Kingdom Hearts debriefing episode in the future. And we're just going to, we're going to sit down. down. We're going to sit down. We're going to roll out the parchment map, but we're just like, <laughs> we're going to do that. Uh, everybody. Screenshot of Charlie Day and, uh, Always sunny, where he's got the cigarette and he's pointing at the wall with all the strings yeah. connecting everything. Yep, all, we're going to lay out the yarn and we're going to poke it on the board. Uh, Zach, are we going to fly you out so we can do this in person and set up a camera <laughs> and actually recreate I don't know, the Chris, room? Are you going to fly oh, me yeah, out? Oh, we're going to do yes, it. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. <laughs> Super Nerd Pals funded flight to DC or New York. Sounds great. Or, or, ma- or maybe Super we Nerd just... Super Summit in October. Yes. Get you out there. <laughs> or maybe we just cast off all obligations. I'll be a speaker. And... Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe next year, uh, I don't know. Maybe next year uh, when E3 happens again, we'll just we'll just all go as press and then have the same hotel room and then we just we'll just just bring charts and pins and graphs and and oh, let's do it. That'd be awesome. Well, we definitely need to do that. Um, Sounds great. For, I'm down. For now, I guess we should wrap up, right? Yeah, probably. So, work. Zach, thanks for joining us. Thank you again. so much. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. I'm sorry that uh, uh, Andy and Ryan couldn't be here, but next time, next Another time, time, eventually all the plants will align and we'll all be <laughs> here, and all our audio will work, and it'll be great. Yeah, you know well, what? Well, hopefully, all the audio works this time. Uh, I think oh, yeah, we have better. like ten backups. backups. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Nine of them are gonna crap out. Yeah. So yeah, this was Super Nerd Pals episode 108. Um, you can find this on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. Um, you can email us also, pals at supernerdpals.com. That's pretty exciting. Um, I'm Stan Gadurski. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. 
Doom. Doom. I'm Chris Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at K- uh, Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. And Zach, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Zachary P. Lyons. That's L-Y-O-N-S. And I write at PSU.com, PlayStation Universe. So check out his work and bother him on Twitter. Ask him about the yeah. Xehanorts. Tell him, yeah, ask, ask him what his favorite Xehanorts are, which cool. <laughs> we're also going to do. Um, Final shout out. Not going to go into it. Just going to say one of the games I reviewed recently was the Nonary Games on the PS4. It's got 999 originally on the DS and Virgin Souls Reward originally on the Vita and the 3DS. And that is an amazing collection. 999 I never played before. Shout out to one of my top 10 games ever. Go buy it. And then also pick up Zero Time Dilemma, which is also on the PS4, which was released a couple of months before Nonary Games. But yes, the enti- that entire that whole trilogy is fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's like like Kingdom Hearts Jr. in terms of convolution. There's <laughs> <laughs> just awesome. like so much stuff going very, on. Very, very good games. Um, Go play them. That's all. I just wanted to add that in. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Read, yeah. read Zach's review on it. It's awesome. I'm going to do that right now, actually, as soon as we Beautiful. Wrap, so. We'll put that in um, show notes. We'll put all the, all of the, yes, all the articles. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, SuperNerdPals.com. Those are the places you can find us. Subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Rate us on iTunes or something or wherever. I don't care. Just do it. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it. We're done, right? Yeah. We, we out. Get out of We're here. done. Thank you, Zach. Thanks Always a pleasure. Two hours. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Catch you. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace. Bye.